So welcome back to Tales from the States. And this week, uh, I'm going to be talking about South Dakota. And Amber is going to be talking about uh, Wisconsin. I'm going to start with South Dakota. And I have my little facts here. Um, November 2nd, 1889 is when South Dakota became a state. And it has the third longest cave in the world with more than 120 miles of passages. And I really like caves, so I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't know you were a spelunker. Oh, I'm not going to go in there. That shit's scary. But I like the idea of them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's a little backwards, but <laughs> it's true. I've been in a few caves. And yeah. And uh, guided tours are perfect for me. I am that level of adventure, but anything like more than that, ugh. (laughs) So Wind Cave in South Dakota has the largest display of a rare formation called boxwork. And then uh, Mitchell is the home of the world's only corn palace. So you know me and oddly built structures. I like that too. <laughs> a corn palace. So it's made out of corn and do they rebuild it each year? Oh, I don't have that detail. I don't think they do. Oh. I think it's actually made out of the corn shucks, but. Oh, nice. Or husks. Not yeah, sure. the corn husks. <laughs> you shuck corn. They shuck it and then they. Husk. they use husks. <laughs> yeah, because you can make beautiful, you can make rugs and all kinds of stuff out of the husks. So yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think. I'm going to do a trigger warning now and then again before I tell the story because there is a story that I'm going to be talking about that does deal with suicide. So I like to mention nothing detailed or gruesome or anything like that, but um, I do just want to mention that. My first story is going to be about Jesse James and the Devil's Gulch. And so this story takes place in... Garrison, South Dakota, and it was in 1876. And while Jesse James was on the run after a failed bank robbery in Northfield, Minnesota, he apparently found himself in Garrison, South Dakota. And standing between himself and freedom was Devil's Gulch. Um, Devil's Gulch is a chasm in the ground that is about 20 feet wide and 60 feet deep. And it has a creek that runs along the bottom of the gulch. So apparently, with his pursuers looking on, Jesse James turned his horse towards the gorge and spurred her towards the edge. And so mouths agape, the lawmen watched as Jesse James cleared the chasm. So this 20-foot jump on a horse. Um, The horse did it. The horse. (laughs) The horse did it. That's right. right. Credit where the credit is due. It was the horse. Along for the ride. (laughs) That was an awesome horse. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So supposedly the water at the bottom of the gorge is bottomless. So it's supposedly a really deep creek. Like they've taken a pole out there and tried to run the pole down to see how deep the creek is and they never hit the bottom. I don't know how much of that part is true, but that's just kind of an aside um, feature detail. (laughs) 
Um, so of course, historians say that this truly is not likely to have occurred um, and that it's just a tall tale. And so they give a couple of reasons why literally it's just a tall tale, which is 20 feet is an incredible distance for any horse to jump. Um, the lawmen that were following Jesse at the time was really just a posse of about 20 farmers who probably didn't even want to confront Jesse James by any means. Like they were kind of yeah. doing like the half-hearted, oh, let's go get him. And yeah, just kind of rambled behind him and watched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, another reason why this story isn't likely is that the horse that Jesse was on that would have been responsible for this feat was actually probably just an old farm nag that had been stolen along the way. So, I mean, that horse has seen some hard times, but yeah. probably not going to be a jumper. Needed um, a cleaning everything. Yeah. yeah. And then lastly, Devil's Gulch is only a half a mile long. And so it would have been much more logical and much more feasible to just ride around the gulch. <laughs> like there was no it's not like there was miles on either side and there was only one option. Yeah. So I think that that's a fairly entertaining story because it's complete BS, but <laughs> it's cute. I like it. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's kind of like the whole Pecos Bill thing where it's funny to imagine it, you know? Um, so my second story is Spirit Mound, the Spirit Mound Little Devils. Um, this is located in Clay County, South Dakota. Um, the Plains tribes considered Spirit Mound to be the home of dangerous spirits. Um, the local tribes believed that in the mid-18th century, there were several hundred warriors that had been massacred by the little people um, with magical error, arrows when the tribe's warriors had attacked them. So they were like, they were on the defense when they massacred them, but I'm not saying that's okay for these little evil spirits to do, but... Um, the summit of Spirit Mound is also one of the few places that Lois and Clark are actually known to have been. Um, so basically the whole deal with Spirit Mound is just that, that it is a kind of like a vortex. I don't know if vortex is the right word for it. A portal. A portal. Yeah, like a portal for the evil spirits to be at. Um, so really his that's the legend side of it and then the historical side of it is Lewis and Clark were there <laughs> yeah so that's not a huge story but I like portals I like yeah. turtles <laughs> and I wanted there to be kind of more detail but I couldn't find more detail on the battle or anything like that or who mm -hmm. the spirits really are the evil spirits that are in there um but that could just be my inability to find it <laughs> it can be difficult to find and it, research things sometimes yeah it can be like especially detailed details like sometimes it like all i could find was that generic story and then that lois and clark were there but i thought that it was still interesting because it is just it's like a little mound and it's got a pleasant little path up to the top of it <laughs> so, okay yeah um, okay, so, and then this is the third story. This is the story with the trigger warning that they do talk about suicide in this. Um, 
And this story is Walking Sam, who is also known as Stovepipe Hat Bigfoot. Um, and I think he had one other name, but I wasn't going to be able to say that name correctly. But the, most commonly he's called Walking Sam. I'm sorry, what? Okay. Was he a snowman? Did he dance? No. So oh. he's actually more like what people would picture Slender Man to be like. Oh, okay. So, um, Walking Sam is uh, most commonly known for being on Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. He is described as a skeleton-like shape that is black as night and very tall. He wears a black tap top hat and he wears the soles of his victims draped over his arms. Oh. So, oh, and the, the word that I, I'm not going to say it right, but it's Takuhi is another name for him. Um, so apparently he lives in the woods on the reservation. And what happens is Sam's victims will commonly hear a whistling. Then shortly after that sound, Sam will start whispering inside of their head about how worthless that person is and how nobody wants that person around and will encourage them to then commit suicide. So that's where that comes in. Oh um, some people claim that Sam is just trying to protect his home while others believe that he is just lonely and he's looking for company. And it should be noted that most of his victims are teens and young adults. So in the, on this reservation, there is a high prevalence of attempts to commit suicide. And there is, some of those people are successful. So um, it could be too that this is the explanation for that. But as we all know, reservations aren't really treated and never have been treated appropriately and life there is probably pretty hard so you know there's no level of respect offered to anything right that they say or or do really let's be honest <laughs> yeah exactly and so you know this is to me this is like a not a cautionary tale but it's an example of um, something to explain things that we can't always explain too. You know, we use folklore to do just that. And there's a high instance of attempted, um, of people attempting to take their life here. <clears throat> and so that's kind of one way that they can try to explain that. Um, I think it's an interesting story too. I got yeah. I got and, and it is a terrifying thought, uh, of some, something like you, no external influence, it's, it gets inside of your head, very insidious, you know? Um, and so for example, one of the, um, and this is just a anecdotal story that I read, um, but for example, there was a young girl who would see Walking Sam at the edge of the forest and she started hearing him in her head. So she went and she told her grandmother and her grandmother found help for her and she was fine after that. So it kind of also leads to that cautionary tale side of if you're having these thoughts, maybe say something too. Yeah. Because she yeah. reached out and said, look, <laughs> I'm seeing this guy in the trees. You know, I'm having, I'm hearing that voice. Yeah. And he went and she was able to get help. So. Yeah. I like that. 
I know it was probably a night terror, and I've told you about this, I think, about the shadow man that I yeah. saw when I was very young, who was a tall, dark shadow, and yeah. he said that you're worthless and things like that, and I was very young, so right. I... I think that it can kind of turn into this snowball effect, but especially um, when it's a group of people and you're all together and you're seeing this as a continuous problem. Yeah. It needs to be addressed in a very big way, you know, and not just ignored. And um, yeah, that's in incredibly sad. And hopefully, you know, there's been outreach there and, and yeah. things like that. Well, and I do want to mention too, that with walking Sam, it's not just like he appeared recently. He, you know, the lore of walking Sam does go back quite a ways too. And some yeah. are a little bit different, but it's still along the same lines, you know. When you said the souls on as his coat, that really like, that image is very terrifying if you allow yourself to think of it. It's yeah. very cool. Oh yeah. And you know, people do art and stuff like that. And some of these articles have art on them. And so some of the drawings were just interesting to look at yeah. uh, as they would draw the creature, you know, Cause that's what he is. He's not a person. He's a creature. He's a creature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, mine were really short this week. We've had the holidays. We've had a lot going on also. So yeah, they, that is true. And that's why we didn't do an episode last week too. So this week, our episode got pushed a week because it was Christmas. <laughs> but um, I will definitely make up for it next week because I have a lot on Connecticut. Exciting. I look yeah. forward to it. Yes. Okay. Um, well, let's move on to some cheese. <laughs> okay. Wisconsin. I will... Um, First, tell you some facts. So, um, you had spoke a little bit in your story about the hill that has, uh, what was it called? I can't remember the name. Uh, it's Spirit Mound. Spirit Mound. So, in Wisconsin, I don't know if many people know this, but there are tons of effigy mounds across Wisconsin, which are places where Native Americans would bury their dead. Or it would be an effigy for, um, well, primarily it was for their, their dead, lost people or in honor of um, their spirits and things like that. Now, there's still 4,000 4, in existence today, but it's said that there was over 15,000 spread across the uh, Wisconsin at one time. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Um, they're still being looked at and like nobody's digging them up, but they are considered sacred, obviously. But I didn't know that. Um, the U.S. actually acquired Wisconsin from France. Um, France had held on to Wisconsin for a long time because of fur. The fur trade was huge. And so France wanted their fur and had held on to it for a long time, but finally the U.S. got a hold of it during the Treaty of Paris. And Wisconsin's beautiful land, forest, and dairy industry is thanks to the glaciers that occurred over 85,000 years ago. So thank you to Mother Earth for making Wisconsin glorious. 
They're pretty right? proud of them. Yeah. Now, isn't it funny, like, it, when you hear stuff like that, like, to think, what if France never gave up that chunk of land? <laughs> like, what would America look like today with just, like, random... <laughs> No, just a random piece because they wanted those pelts. <laughs> they were all about that fur baby. <laughs> I mean, I guess that, that wouldn't likely have happened, but I know. it's interesting to think about. Like, what would it, what would it be like? Would everybody learn? No, because nobody learned Spanish and they're right next door. So never mind. Well, and you kind of have to wonder how. I never really thought about how many French people are in Wisconsin. Like. Is there a big concentration of people who originated from France? And there's like, you know, it's just kind of interesting. I think of more like New Orleans and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, you yeah. definitely kind of think more. I don't know. It's good yeah. to know your history. <laughs> interesting. So, yeah. Oh, I need to uh, stop saying that word. <laughs> I think I need to interesting. Interesting. Um, particularly. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. Um, so we are going to go to Lake Mills and Rock Lake. So Wisconsin, obviously, uh, there is a community called Madison and Rock Lake is amazing on its own. And it is said that before this water, the watery mass got as deep as it is today, the Azatlan natives created some beautiful architecture. So when you dive to some parts, there are pyramid-like structures um, down below, it, deep down in the water. There's just like pyramids that they had built. That's um, cool. Before, yeah, before the water got super deep. So they did that, but Supposedly, that's not all that lurks down in the vegetation. There's a large serpent-like creature, me and my serpent. <laughs> I like to call this lake home. So Rock Lake covers 1,365 acres and is 87 feet deep. And so certainly there is room for a creature. And Rocky, the serpent, as he has been called, has been sighted since the 1800s. Now, the first recorded sighting of Rocky was by one person who just goes by Harbeck. And I'm only guessing that that's the last name. So Harbeck claims that he sees a large lizard swimming around in the lake. He says he's terrified, of course, but I couldn't find a size. He just says that it's serpentine. So, I mean, you could see a serpentine thing floating around in the water and just be like, ew, a snake. <laughs> and yeah. take off. But I'm guessing that it was huge. Um, but he encounters it again among the reeds and vegetation near the land later on that day. And at that point, its head rose up and it hissed at him and then slithered back into the water. So, um, that's just it. He sees it in the water, he goes into the reeds, is mucking around in the reeds, and it comes back and hisses at him and then takes off. So that's that. But the most famous encounter with Rocky was in 1882. Um, two men by the names of Mackenzie and D.W. Siebert had decided to have a boat race 
deciding to race across the lake, one noticed a, um, well, it looked like, like a log or a tree kind of floating in the water. Mm -hmm. So it was in their path and they decided to be cautious and kind of slow down a bit. And this is when things took on an abrupt turn. The log suddenly began to rise out of the water with like water was pouring down its neck and its head and emerged three, emerged three feet from the water. Its mouth opened wide, revealing rows of teeth, and it hissed at them. <laughs> the serpent then plunged back in the water, leaving the boat rocking and an eerie silence. So it sounds like this snake is all bark and no bite. Yes. Anissa. <laughs> all hiss and no piss. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so they they thought it was a log. They're doing the race to slow down, and it just like does that. But the two men just realize they're out in the middle of the lake and they're alone, and that's as if on cue the monster reemerges. This time, right next to Mackenzie's boat, and now shaken to their core, they begin to yell bring a gun, bring a gun, bring a gun quick. Someone please help us. That sounded so, almost I know. <laughs> <laughs> bring a gun quick. Someone help us. So, okay. So another late goer happened to hear the commotion and his name was John Lund, Washington, or John Lund. So he was on shore. He heard their cries for help. He went ahead and gathered some other men because we know there's always other men around when you're at the lake back in these days. And they all clamored aboard a boat to go help. One man who went by the name Wilson had his shotgun locked and loaded. And seeing the two men battling to keep the creature at bay, it didn't specify what they were doing, whether they were like swinging their oars at it or what. But I'm guessing that's what it was. He took aim. So Rocky, seemingly sensing the threat, turned his head towards the third boat and hissing again and bared his teeth and then at last plunging back into the depths of Rock Lake. The men scanned the water for a few moments before deciding it was definitely a good idea to hastily return to shore. After that encounter, the sightings of Rockies diminished but did not disappear. The last sighting was said to be in 1943, and it's now believed that poor Rocky has probably died from old age. So that's the story of Rocky. The Aww. serpent who lived Yeah. The serpent who lived out his days. Uh, seemingly just hissing and pissing. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, really, didn't really do anything but scare people. He was a vegan um, snake. He was a vegan snake. <laughs> I liked that one because, you know, he just really just caused a lot of disruption. Didn't. Yeah. And there was never too much given as to his size or anything. It's just, I have a real description. Yeah. So much. You can just kind of think about what you want Rocky he to look like. Probably like a two foot long snake. And so they're like, we're beat, battling him off. They're like, literally, just like, pushing. wanted a reason to haul their guns out into the water. 
the lake, the lake Winnebay, Winnebay water, water monster, I guess we're going to go with that. Okay, so this beast lives in the lake near Highcliff State Park. This creature is des described as a giant prehistoric looking fish would wait along wait along the shoreline for elk, deer, and some say even moose. People even refuse to swim out of fear of this predator. And one was actually hauled to shore after found floating and evidently had died after the horn had pierced its belly. So it's like a fish with a horn? No. The fish caught the moose and then the moose's horn oh. pierced its belly. Okay, so they hauled the fish out. Yeah. Here. Okay. Now they did show a picture of this. And this is very this is like a very short one. But this water monster is just like an actual fish, and they showed what was allegedly this fish that can do this. I don't buy it. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's in Cliffs High Cliff State Park. And there's just these really crazy big fish that you can apparently catch there. But I don't I, know. Ooh, picture, uh, picture that fish that eats a moose. I know. And uh, it's... Anyway, just don't... They're saying... They actually... It's a big rumor there. That people do not swim in the water. They're too scared. Cliff State Park, it's a big thing in Wisconsin that you don't go there to swim. Uh, I wouldn't swim in that water. Okay, the Beast of Bray Road around Elkhorn, Wisconsin, um, has been described as a wolf-like creature. Now, since 1936, as I said before, it's described as wolf-like, but also with human-like characteristics and has been spotted eating with its hand paws. <laughs> <laughs> so it has paws, but there's still hands. <laughs> so, uh, okay, that's how it was described. And um, the beast has never attacked anyone, though some say it does behave aggressively. Now, the wolf has run at people and jumped on cars, but what's interesting is that some want to <laughs> do away with even referring to this cryptid, cryptid as wolf-like at all and just clump it with Bigfoot because it does have some human, you know, like face like a human kind of human like features. So they just want to say it's Bigfoot. But it's it's got like paws and stuff. So I still say it's a wolf. You can argue with me if you want to, but No, it sounds about right. Sounds yeah. a little bit big footy to me. But there it's also they also think it might be part of an indigenous dog man that's been around there and it's also um been called bear man. So some people think it might be like part bear. I like the way. idea of bear because we've had dogs and we've had werewolves and we have had Bigfoot, but we haven't yeah. had a bear yet. I'm ready for a bear. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we're going to go ahead and travel to Lake Mendota. 
This is a little extra one, kind of extra, not really. <laughs> not too extra, okay? Legend says, and I think you're gonna like this one. A young couple went to the lake, all right? And these are some college students and they just decide to go chill, relax at the lake. And while they're there, they're sunbathing and they have their feet in the cool water because it's a hot day. And the girl kept feeling like a little tickle on her foot. Oh and no, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like where this <laughs> is going. Feeling this tickle. I don't know if you've ever been in a lake that has like kissing fish or anything like that. I have, and it's very weird. But uh, this was that. that lake. I would get out of that lake so fast. <laughs> really, she thought it was her boyfriend, like like rubbing his foot along her foot or something. Yeah. So she turned to flash him a grin, and he was sound asleep. So she sat up, and she looks down into the water. And she sees something grinning up at her. And it was the face of a snake. So she let out a startled gasp and woke up her boyfriend. And the two ended their date thusly. The Wisconsin Journal has several reports from students of seeing the creature since the 40s. And to me, it seems rather rude and you know a little bit obnoxious but not really dangerous so this little snaky guy i've got another snake that's Just terrifying to me i don't like it isn't it gross <laughs> oh my god can you imagine oh i don't like it i'm sorry i had to include that one no so, i didn't include mendota lake um if you go there don't put your feet in the water because there's a little snaky just stay out of the lakes in Wisconsin. You can't swim. You can't rest and relax your feet. Ugh, no. Yeah. But he was smiling at her. That's what I think is adorable. I don't know if I find smiling adorable in that situation. You, I don't <laughs> know if I've mind. ever seen this. Have you seen a smiling snake? Oh, no. If <laughs> you guys could see Jordan's face right now, you would Tell not like it. an adorable smile. I don't know. I saw a cute little baby snake on TikTok and it was like trying to bite this guy. It was so itty bitty and it didn't have any teeth. <laughs> Couldn't bite him. It was cute. That's the only cute snake I've ever seen. No snakes for me. <laughs> I don't like snakes. I really don't. So I tried to get over my fear of snakes when I was in school at, uh, at that technical college. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And yeah. there was a pet snake that was used for, like, labs and practice and, and whatnot. And it was a very nice ball python. And I would have somebody take him out of the cage, and I would try to hold him so that I could get over my fear. And it yeah. actually made it so much worse. I started having nightmares that were terrible. <laughs> it, like, oh, did not help. Yeah. The, and I thought that it would because it's a very nice snake. Yeah. Very nice. Oof. Didn't like I don't it. like snakes either. I don't I don't blame you. Like if I had to touch one, it would it would definitely reinforce my fear. I I have no desire. 
I don't think they look slimy. I'm not stupid. I know they're not slimy. Oh, no, it's not even a slimy factor. It's just that movement for me. They're it so is. fast. It's unnatural. I don't care for it. No, um, I don't want snakes in my life. No. No, no. I don't have a problem with them. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to, no. I just want them to do their thing and I'll do my thing in a different room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so that wraps up this week. Um, I feel like mine was very short this week, but next week we'll definitely have more, uh, bulk and next week I'm doing Connecticut and I'm doing Idaho, Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That'll be good. Those will be two good ones, I think. Yeah, I had cheese and then I have potatoes. So, and together. Cheese and potatoes, they're meant to be together. To be. They are. <laughs> they are. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we will talk to you all next week. All right. Bye.